Hello, my friends, and welcome to Music for a While. I'm Jay Nordlinger, music critic of the new Criterion. When did you first hear Joyce DiDonato? That's how I began a review. When did you first hear Joyce DiDonato? I first heard her in Gounod's Romeo and Juliet at the Metropolitan Opera. She was Stefano, not much of a role, frankly, and not even in Shakespeare's play. I was shocked, shocked at the excellence of the singing. I left the opera house thinking and talking about the Stefano, which is very odd, I assure you. My review continued, Like the world at large, I have heard Di Donato, a mezzo-soprano from Kansas, many, many times since, in a huge amount of repertoire. There is almost nothing she doesn't sing. I then said that Di Donato sang a wildly, wonderfully varied program in a concert for the Metropolitan Opera, broadcast over the Internet from Bochum, Germany. Bochum is a city in the Ruhr Valley. Toward the end of my review, I wrote the following. As I was watching the concert, I thought of something that Beverly Sills said many years ago. We got on the subject of reputation somehow, hers in particular. She said something like, in the future, if they ask, what was all the fuss about, they can listen to the recordings. Then they will know what all the fuss was about. Assuming that this concert from Bochum, Germany is preserved, it will stand as a document of what Joyce DiDonato could do. Look, she's one of the greatest singers of all time. Once she is safely retired or dead, no one will doubt it for a second. Might as well embrace it now. It has been obvious for years. Here on Music for a While, I propose to play you two samples from DiDonato the singer in two pieces that she sang in her Met concert. I don't have excerpts from the Met concert itself, but she has sung these pieces on many occasions in many places. One of them is a Baroque opera aria. The other is an American folk song. The aria is by Handel, from his opera Ariodante. The aria is Dopo Notte, Atra e Funesta. Some words in English. After a night so bleak and foreboding, the sun shines forth in the heavens, all the dearer as the earth fills with joy. You will hear Di Donato as vocal virtuoso, or virtuosa. Here's the last half or so of that aria. Thank <laughs> you. 
the exemplary Joyce Di Donato in Dopo Notte, Atra e Funesta, from the opera Ariodante by the exemplary George Frederick Handel. We'll have our folk song from Joyce Di Donato in due course. Once more, I'm Jay Nordlinger of the New Criterion, doing music for a while. If you'd like to subscribe to our podcast, you may do so via iTunes, Google Play, and so on. If you'd like to write to me, the address is nordlinger at newcriterion.com. I reviewed a concert from the Salzburg Festival, again via the internet, via a live stream. It was a concert of the Camerata Salzburg, conducted by Manfred Honeck, the Austrian who's the music director of the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. The concert began with a piece by Arvo Pert, the great Estonian born in 1935. He admired Benjamin Britten a lot. Britten died in 1976. And then Pert wrote one of his most famous works, Cantus in Memory of Benjamin Britten. It is for string orchestra and bell. This piece is lulling, lyrical, and soothing. Or is it raw and angry? It's an extraordinary piece in which you can hear all sorts of things, depending. Here is a recording by the Estonian National Symphony Orchestra under Pavo Yervi.
We have heard a piece by Arvo Pert, Cantus in Memory of Benjamin Britten, played by the Estonian National Symphony Orchestra under the baton of Pavo Yervi, one of the several musical children of the venerable conductor Neme Yervi. You recall that I was reviewing a concert of the Camerata Salzburg under Manfred Honeck. One of the pieces on that program was the Mozart Clarinet Concerto. One of Mozart's biographers, my friend Paul Johnson, the great British historian, journalist, and all-purpose writer, holds that the Clarinet Concerto is the most perfect piece Mozart ever wrote. That is a sound opinion, though the concerto has lots of competition, of course. I've often wondered, when Mozart laid down his pen after finishing the Clarinet Concerto, did he think, Wow, that was a really good one. One for the ages. Or was it just the most recent piece, another entry in the catalog, and on to the next? I don't know. Let's hear a little of the concerto, shall we? The last half or so of the last movement. We'll play one of the most famous recordings of the piece, and maybe the most famous, made in 1961 by Robert Marcellus, the principal of the Cleveland Orchestra, with that orchestra, under its unsurpassable conductor, George Zell.
the end of the Mozart Clarinet Concerto, that miraculous piece by that miraculous composer, played by Robert Marcellus and the Cleveland Orchestra under George Zell. One of my dearest friends is a student of Marcellus. That was at Northwestern University. So, ready now for our folk song delivered by Joyce DiDonato? It is one that pretty much every American singer of the last century has sung. Joyce sang it on a British television show, unaccompanied, in 2017. seven long years since last I saw you We've been listening once more to Joyce DiDonato, the mezzo-soprano from Kansas. I think hers is my favorite Shenandoah, along with Marilyn Horns. Got a wonderful letter, which I'll read. Art imitates life. Tom Selleck made a series of movies in which he plays a small-town police chief with a troubled past. The usual things. Divorce, alcohol fired from previous job. He winds up in a small town north of Boston, and, of course, everyone in town knows his story. One day, a woman approaches him and hands him a record, or tape, or CD, and says, Brahms. Then she gives some psychobabble about music and a troubled soul. Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit if that isn't exactly what I was doing back in the early 80s when my life was problematic. A quiet evening by myself, Brahms's first symphony, the piano trios, or something else, 
and all was well again. Yes, that is so true. There's a kindness about Brahms. He is a consoling friend, as Marilyn Horn, in fact, remarked to me in an interview some years ago. She said that she was listening to a lot of Brahms, teaching him, singing him. She said, he makes me feel good. I love that statement. He makes me feel good. So true of Brahms. Brahms will be there when you need him, and even when you don't. I'd like to play the first part of Brahms's Piano Trio No. 1 in B Major, Opus 8. This is one of my favorite pieces by Brahms, and therefore by anyone. You know what I love about it? What I think makes it so great? It is both early Brahms and late Brahms with the best qualities of those periods. Brahms wrote the trio when he was young, 20 years old, and revised it 35 years later in his maturity. It is pretty much perfect. Have the first few minutes. Thank you. 
We've heard the start of the piano trio in B major, opus 8, by Johannes Brahms. Katchen Sook Starker. Julius Katchen, piano. Joseph Sook, violin. Janos Starker, cello. All great. My friend Paul Padillo wrote something remarkable the other day. Paul is a former singer and a music writer. He is encyclopedic about opera. He knows every opera pretty much. But, as he said, his favorite composer of all never wrote an opera. That's J.S. Bach. And Paul's favorite aria? He knows thousands of them. His favorite aria is not an opera aria. It comes from Bach's St. Matthew Passion. Mache dich mein Herze rein. Purify yourself, my heart. This is Joseph of Arimathea singing as he has recovered the body of Jesus from Pontius Pilate and is about to lay it in the tomb. It is an aria of deep, deep spiritual feeling. And it is the summit. Yes, truly the summit. Thanks for joining me, everyone. I'll see you next time. We'll hear the singer Thomas Kvasthof with Stuttgart Forces, conducted by Helmut Rilling. Yeah. Uh-huh.
Oh, <laughs> 